I'd like to tell you about a useful tool. This tool is so useful that I want to dedicate a recording and put it online for people to listen to. Because if there is something nice in the world, we want to share it, at the very least on our t-shirt. But I'm going to make a nice recording to explain to you, the listener, about this tool that you might be using already, which I know I'm using. This tool can be phrased as being wrong. Being sincerely wrong. And yes, I'm going to start opening that one up. You're wrong. I'm wrong. We're all wrong about something. Soon, later, or in between those two, we're going to find out that we were wrong. Right now we're wrong about a lot of things. We don't know them all. So when we find out that we were wrong about one thing, we might not accept that we were wrong about a lot of things. And then a couple years later, we find out we were wrong about another thing. And again, because it's one thing, we're not really taking the inventory. We don't notice. And our ego involved in our life is employing the mind to protect it. So the mind, one of its main functions is to protect the ego. So our own criticism, what to speak of others' criticism, causes the ego to create excuses and rationalizations for why we were wrong. But we're wrong right now about a lot of things. And if we were to take the inventory of the last 10 years, and to see all the things that we were wrong about, it might be a little humbling, which is the point. Because humility isn't something you can just switch on. It's like a screw, and you need a tool to be able to fasten it and to be able to tighten it up where it is, securing something together. So, this tool is so useful, and it's useful for a number of reasons, but the most obvious is because it gives resistance. It gives a very clear, and if depending on the person that's doing and what they're doing, it gives a very specific resistance. Being wrong about something. And it's for this reason I just mentioned, because your mind is engaged exclusively in protecting the actions, interests, and endeavors of your ego. You can't get out of that. It's set up as a fail-safe. Certain psychedelics can reduce this, but you come back to that state eventually, where if you're wrong, Your mind will try to help you to be right. It'll try to avoid the resistance. And so why is this a tool? It's because it gives resistance. And resistance, like with a lot of things, can tell you 
what a, what's going on with you. It can give you an indication of where you are. It's a type of barometer. So to think about this more as a tool and less as an opportunity or however we're going to write it up in our mind because it's a jab at the ego to be wrong. You know, even as I'm speaking about this, my mind likes to forget that I'm talking about being wrong. But there might be one thing I am not wrong about, and it's trusting this piece of wisdom passed down to me by others, which is you have to be wrong about something. And the whole paradox comes with being right about that statement. That you have to know that you're wrong about some things. That you're trying to get yourself to sincerely make the right step in this direction with some things. And other things you just don't know. And eventually you'll find out you were wrong. That you thought it was this way. Turns out, no. It's going to happen this way. Or it isn't that way behind that door. you got to just go behind that door and find out. It seems to be this way. Assumptions. So many assumptions, so many things that we're wrong about. And to allow oneself to be wrong is a huge tool. Because the mind, when it has to accept that it's wrong, it does something very magical. It starts to actually move in the body. And it forces the body with its thinking mechanisms, both in the trunk and in the skull to compute and to build up their abilities to compute. And so the mind tries to figure out where it went wrong and it uses all the information in the brain and all of the gut feelings in the, in the body to figure these things out. And in the process, the individual body gains intelligence. So what is being wrong a great tool for? Gaining intelligence. That's what. And everybody indeed who has gained any measure of fame for their intelligence understands this principle. And it isn't the goal to be smart or intelligent. The goal of life in general is to understand things. The question, what is the meaning of life itself, is, is a question about why are we here? What's going on? Why? It's just a big childish question. Why? Because once you ask why, then you just get down to what you're doing. Especially if you know that it's something you're going to trust. If you have doubts, the question why turns into different things but you'll never get to that if you don't ask the question am I right or am I wrong about this so with everything a few exceptions because the act of believing in certain things is itself not going to be pure just because of the concept but for most things to accept that we're right or we're wrong will open or close a door for us, depending on what it is and whether we are right or wrong. 
So it's a tremendous tool that goes along with knowing, but there's no need to tell the ego, much less the modern 2020 human ego, that it's uh, got to start understanding how it's right and it's not wrong. Our egos are out of control, assuming that we are all right about everything. And in a time like this, one of the most fundamental things you can agree with somebody on to make sure that you're not going to be so mismatched with opinions and ideas and perspectives is to have that thing in common. That we both relish the ability to find out where we're wrong. If we're individuals in this life working together, enjoying together, uh, loving together, whatever our relationship might be, the basis thereof. Being wrong is a tremendous tool for us to be able to harmonize. Because harmony is about fine-tuning. It's fine-tuning. And when you hear, and actually they have these really nice uh, tuning devices that are digital, where they have you know, all the, the readout up to a specific number, and it's very impressive the way you can tune things up, but it just demonstrates how much variation. There's infinite variation of sharpening up. We're not digital. We are organic. And so for us, it's a, it's a, I mean, even the digital tool is just making it perfect within our approximation. So our approximation continues to change. So then the digital continues to change, which means that the digital is never perfect. It's only perfect in relation to what our idea of perfection is. Once we get the tuning right, that old digital tuner will not be tuning perfectly. In fact, maybe because the humans have been listening to it and using it for so many more years, they'll have gotten even better, a more refined ear for this. But that's the point, is that understanding that you're wrong is the only way you will ever improve or make anything better. And tomorrow has to be an improvement on today. It has to be. I mean, it's your perspective. What I'm saying is, if your perspective is not, if your perspective sways, if your perspective uh, moves away from seeing that there is, you know, room for appreciation, there's room for loving what's going on in the world, the minute it moves away from that is, is actually grinding against the ability to see it because it'll generate the opposite the minute you start doubting then you'll get more material to doubt with the minute you start being fearful that's when you're going to start seeing lots of things scaring you the opposite is true i don't know if i'm going to be able to quote this perfect perfectly but there's a uh, there's an unfortunate story of these people that were in covered wagons leaving Pennsylvania, I think. And they were going through Pennsylvania into Ohio, I believe, a long time ago. And the people who were in the, the wagon, not driving the horse, were reading this book. And back in those days, you would read out loud, you would read a book. You wouldn't just sit there reading it all 
by yourself. You'd read it out loud. It was like a that was their version of a of a movie. So you could take a book with you on a on a trip and you'd read the book. So I don't know how many days had been going, but they're reading this book. And the book's about people who are in a covered wagon who get robbed. And when they found this covered wagon in the woods with dead people in it uh, and everything ransacked, they determined that these people had been robbed. But what the robbers didn't take was the book, of course, because they don't read. And the book was what really amazed people because it was about a covered wagon with people who got robbed and killed. And so these people were reading about what's going to happen to them because this is the principle that's going on out here, that we are bringing into our life what we are able to see in our mind in a real way. So you can imagine lots of stuff, but at some point you need to start to parse out where you are wrong about those imaginings and where you are right about those imaginings and tend towards the wrong side unless you're hypercritical of yourself already which means and, and you'll know if you're hypercritical but this is a wonderful wonderful tool and i pass it on to anyone willing to listen to this this is a tool i'd, I'd like to apply to my life today with efficiency and and uh, proficiency but We'll see what happens. Being wrong isn't an easy thing. Sometimes for the sake of a conversation or the sake of just holding a stance, we would rather be right and then later find out that we were wrong. I can say for myself, that happens to me a lot. I end up saying to people in the end, you know, hey, you were right about that. <coughs> and in the moment, boy, I don't want to admit it. Something about me just rejects it. Just maybe for the... And there is some, something healthy in this, I've seen, but not if you take it too far. Playing, playing the other side, whatever side it might be. So to accept that you're wrong and you see you're wrong, sometimes this drives people crazy because then they think you're trying to argue for being right. But if they've convinced you that you're wrong about something and it happens very quickly, Sometimes what I like to do is advocate for the opposite side, but most of the time is the other way. I think I'm right and they think I'm wrong, so then it's no problem for me to go into that situation thinking, well, maybe I am wrong about this. I've gotten accustomed to doing this, but there's a certain act that has to go along with it. Otherwise, people, they don't know what to think you're, you're, you're doing. You might just be, they think you're acting through it like because you want to be right. But you might be acting through it so you could find out if truly you are wrong, you know? Not because you want to be right, because you want to know, period. You, want to, you don't want to know one way or the other, you just want to know, what is it? We might both be wrong, we might both be right, but I want to know. I don't want to know that I'm right. Neither do I want to know that I'm wrong. Some people can get into that. Wanting to know is the main thing. And that is one of the ways it can reveal this tool to you. Wanting to know is like the flashlight. And then in the room, there's this tool. And the tool is being wrong about things. But wanting to know is where you're going you're gonna to be able to see it. Because I'm sending you to a room. And I'm assuming that we're already talking about this room here. But in the room, there's a tool. And all the lights are off. And then you have a flashlight. And that flashlight is 
just wanting to know, not wanting to know you're right and not wanting to know you're wrong, just wanting to know. And that will reveal being wrong about things. Because when you want to know, your body has a gut feeling. And sometimes, a lot of times in our modern day, we compute with our brains, we don't think with our hearts. And the heart will give us a very clear indication of the truth of something, but we don't listen to the heart. So we listen to the brain, and it's hard for us to know where we were wrong. So this is all going to happen. That's another thing to, to point out with the tool of being wrong. So you have to somehow get acquainted with it. Where am I wrong about this? Where am I wrong about that? There's nothing wrong with changing your life. That in itself isn't wrong unless it's, unless it's all in the quality, how you're changing it. But if, if, you're, if you have good intentions, it's everything good for you to change your life. It's, it's everything you want. It's going to bestow upon you things that you've dreamed. To see, to actually look into your life as you would look at your room and say, why don't I just clean this up here? That thing's been sitting here for the longest time. Every day I look at it, some days I think I'm going to do something. But I just get it out of the way right now. These are, these are the things that will pop up when you have that tool. It's like having a bunch of loose screws in your house. And then you get a screwdriver and you're like, oh, why don't I spend an hour like tightening everything up that's about to fall apart on top of me. You go ahead, you know, you fix your microwave and you fix your oven and you fix your dehydrator and you, and you fix the, the heater and you fix all kinds of stuff, the door, everything that was loose. It was, it was all about to fall out with these screws thinking that we're right. And that's a really good example, a really good, what is that, a metaphor? Is that the, the screw is like the screw is like our assumptions. And if, our, if the screw is loose, well, we got a screw loose because our assumptions aren't tight, tightened up to reality. They're not flush with reality. So that's what we want. We want our assumptions of reality to be as flush as possible. Because when we are wrong, if we're into being wrong, it doesn't leave as much variation. Because when we have a big variation that we have to adjust for, sometimes it takes time. If we've, if we've hemmed it up a lot, a lot, if we need to cut back a little bit, if we need to cut back to a certain amount, we've already hemmed it up, we're good. I'm not, this isn't a case for being extra strict. It's a, it's a case for if you're like me, uh, and like artists are the first people that, that need to get this. They're the first ones that need to get this. Because there are so many beautiful things that, that we see in life and that if we really work hard, we can actually be part of that we need to accept that, no, there might be a lot of ugly things coming out of me, too. And like, it's not all relative. You know, we can show this with physiology. The human body reacts to certain colors, reacts to certain sounds and all these things very specifically across the board. That's what you have faces all continents, people make the same faces for the same emotions. This is like psych 101. But my point is the same. It's being wrong about stuff that people are avoiding because generally the ego is making them suffer. Their own ego makes them suffer in their relationships, in society, in their own mind, their ego and their inability to see how they are wrong makes them suffer. 
it can go to the other extreme, but there aren't too many of us that are like that. And those are usually people that have very, very, very low self-esteem. And usually these people, there are other things that they need to work on as well. But I'd say to most of us that don't have the super low self-esteem living with our parents, you know, mass, like super issues with our body and stuff. So that's usually not the people that, that are listening to me. And if there is one of those people, then by all means, it's, this is the tip of the iceberg being wrong. Because there is, there's a certain amount of being wrong that is healthy, and there's another side which is unhealthy. I know this is a little tangent for those people. They only represent a small amount of us, but at the same time, there are people out there who see themselves wrong in everything, and so they can't make steps. Well, for them, obviously, they need to start understanding where that in itself is just morbid self-attention, and they're not helping themselves to be part of a harmonious life. It's all here. The, the harmony's here for us if we want it. And the point is, it depends on us being wrong so that we can sharpen up our harmony. It's, there's a whole bunch of us here. We're all singing. And the more we listen, the more we'll see that our tune could go, is wrong and that it could get a little sharpened up. It's not that it's all the way wrong, but it's, I'm using the word broadly now to use it in different senses to understand that what we're saying is you need resistance to create more brain cells, to create more neurons. Your body will do that when it thinks it's wrong, when it thinks it messed up. This is what the body, the brain, the gut, this is what the body does. It reacts to uh, attacks on its ego, to, to the humility. So if you're humbled, that means humble is a good thing. It means your brain is, is feeling like, oh, we weren't up to date here. And your brain goes, that's okay. I'm going to wrap something up for you here. I'm going to get something real nice. In a couple of days, we're going to have a couple more brain cells. We're going to have a couple more gut, gut cells, whatever it is. And we're going we're gonna to start working on figuring this problem out for you. That's humble, knowing that you don't have the right answer yet. That's the great tool, which is being wrong. That it allows you to get closer to the answer. In general, there should always be a little bit of mystery, though, when you get to that answer. Because if there isn't mystery involved in that answer, you know, we know where the sun is. Well, okay, what's it like on the sun? We don't know. There's a little bit of mystery. There's theories. There has to be a little mystery in our answers. If there, and there needs to be a little answer in our mystery. There can't be just total mystery, you know, it's all a mystery, but I, I can't answer, no, you can't even say anything. That's bullshit. And there needs to be a little bit, it's like the yin and the yang, it's got like one dot and then one dot on the other side, but it isn't like it's, it's totals. There are, there are no totals like that. It's all, everything's in flux, so there's no reason why things would be total one thing or total the other thing. They might be tending towards that, which is only an aspect of the dynamic. But the dynamic is there is resistance in life. Resistance creates beauty. Resistance, you could say, in aesthetics is limits. The limits. That when you have a nice picture, it looks wonderful. 
when you put a frame around it, you've limited it. And the frame itself has to be very specific because it will, if it's picked correctly and made correctly, accent and accentuate the beauty of that painting. A painting by itself sometimes, you could say, doesn't need a frame. All the same, a frame can accentuate a beauty of a painting, depending on the painting. Because the limits end in a painting, a painting is made of limits as well. If it has red in the painting, that means that it's limited. So what we're talking about is where the red is wrong and where the red is right. So the red depends on the person. If the person is painting the painting and he sees where he is wrong, he can put the right amount, at least for that painting. And that painting will be done. And when he does another one, maybe he'll do something similar, but he'll have learned from that other one. And this is what I'm saying. We'll never learn if we don't know that we're wrong. So it might be that when we're wrong, we find out and say, look, I'm using this tool. That's not using this tool. That's the tool fell off the shelf and hit you in the head. You're using the tool. And that's a really, really messed up thing to say. You're using the tool because it fell off the shelf and hit you in the head. You're not using the tool. You probably put it back right after you found out you were wrong and bumped your toe or fell and hit you in the head. Now I'm going to show, I mean, at the very, very end of this whole recording, what it is to be really using that tool. I'm, while I'm recording this, I stare at this painting. And when I stare at the painting, I see where I'm wrong. I see all the places where I'm wrong. I'm not doing that by mistake. I have three paintings there. I could put the other one on top of that. I could put the other one on top of that. Instead, I have this painting here. It's because I'm working on this painting. So what does working on this painting mean? That I use the tool of being wrong. Well, I'm not painting. That is applying everything that I'm getting with this tool right now. So this tool is tightening up my whole frame here. And when the frame is nice and tight, then I'm gonna paint. If the frame's not tight, it might fall apart with my touch. So I can't do that. I need to make sure everything's nice and tight. And how do I do that? With the tool of being wrong. Hope you have a wonderful day. It is 7 a.m.